What's up, what's up, what's up? This is your boy AT2 here bringing you episode number two of Talk the Real Deal with AT2. I am so excited that finally I have a guest on the show by the name of Brandy. Now, we actually recorded an episode earlier in the week, actually on Christmas, and yeah, it didn't work out too well. But now we're back, and that's all that matters. Now, we're going to try to recreate the magic that we had originally, but we just kind of just started talking, and it later to somewhere else and it was beautiful because I believe that you guys will be entertained Um, in this particular episode you get kind of like a history lesson Um, a lot of stuff that I didn't know about civil rights Um, also we talk about sex Um, civil rights to sex wow Um, how appropriate but um, you make sure you guys check out the episode all right love you Hello. Are we live? Is this shit on? Is this shit on? <laughs> we live, baby. We live finally. <laughs> Welcome. I'm so Welcome. glad that we finally got this together. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another episode of Talk the Real Deal with AT2. And I have my special guest. Brandy, go ahead and give her a round of applause. I don't know how to edit that in, the, the applause. We just I'm going to need right you to get a All soundboard. Right. I'm definitely going to need you to get a soundboard and get some applause and some air horns. And then that um, one drop that goes, um, I forget how it go. Never mind. But you do definitely need a soundboard and you need some drops. <laughs> <laughs> Brandy, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Tell them a little bit about you and what you do. Hi, um, I am Brandy Augustus. I'm 33. I reside in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been there for about eight years. I was raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, though. Um, mm. I am a coordinator at a social justice nonprofit. It's actually the oldest brick and mortar social justice nonprofit in the nation. Some people like to think wow. of it as the birthplace, as the civil rights movement, where we really just like to think of ourselves as a catalyst for conversations for people to have, like, um, in communities to solve whatever's plaguing them. Wait, so, you said birthplace of civil rights? The birthplace of the civil rights movement. We have been coined as that um, numerous times, but that's not necessarily how we see ourselves. It's just because the reason why people think that is because um, people come to our place like uh, when Jim Crow was still a thing. Um, people would come and meet from like Selma and Montgomery, like all those places in Alabama where like Jim Crow was rampant, where segregation was rampant. They came to my job at Highlander to talk about how they were going to end Jim Crow, to talk about how they were going to start the bus boycotts. Rosa Parks actually came to my job before she sat down on that bus. People think she just got tired of white people bullshit. This is history right here because I never learned this in my textbook. So, I mean, me and the viewers are learning right now. Like, teach us. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, (laughs) people think that Rosa Parks just sat down on that bus because she was just tired. Whether she was physically tired or mentally drained of the bullshit that was going on in the South. People just think she just sat down. But what really happened was it was planned. Um, Rosa Parks was actually a secretary for the NAACP. 
and they, uh, so they had actually met at Highlander to figure out like they didn't know that it was going to be a bus boycott they just knew that something needed to happen so what? they devised the plan like this is what how are we going to stop segregation in the south and it's like one of the major things um, a few years before Rosa Parks actually sat down on the bus um, there was another lady named Claudette Calvin who had did it and was arrested but she was dark skinned and she was a teenage mom so she didn't get the national coverage that um, they wanted her to get so it, it kind of just was like well, we're going to do this again it was kind of like she was um, not I don't want to say she shamed us but she wasn't the best example she wasn't the the representative that we needed, apparently. Yeah, I was trying to say it politely, but I couldn't. But you put words on my mouth. But damn, that's sad. Even back then, they even thought about that. Like, dang, this oh, isn't yeah. the right person. Definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah. So once that happened, um, then you know Rosa Parks um, and a whole slew of other civil rights leaders, freedom fighters um, decided like you know, this is what this resistance this protest is going to look like so, right, we're right. like, okay we're going to make sure that our people are going to like, if we institute this boycott um, how are we going to make sure that people can get to work? How can we make sure that these kids are getting back and forth to school, you know so, it wasn't just the boycott, it was also ride shares that was set up, right. it was also like a lot of planning that went into it, um so yeah, like we've done that. We first we got our 1832 by organizing the coal miners. Um, coal miners in the region in Appalachia were some of the most under um, privileged people, like uh, or underpoverished. I'm sorry, underpoverished folks. Um, I mean, and then just dying because coal mining is so extractive. It's not just extractive for the mountain itself, but also for the communities. That, I was say um, the people. Yeah, the people. So, like black lung, black lung is a, was a really big thing, and people weren't getting benefits for it. Not only were they just not getting benefits for it, like people couldn't be covered if they had black lung disease, and you can only get black lung from working in coal mining. So, um. The coal miners of the region came and met at Highland. Like that was one of the first people, like first groups that we organized. Or like we got to do something. We got to get better for our our people, for our husbands, our uncles, our fathers. Um, so that's when they organized the very first coal miners labor union. And now that's why coal miners have. have that's what instituted coal miners' rights and labor unions and things like that. Okay. So, but yeah, don't we have we've somebody in the White House that wants to bring back coal? Clean coal? Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you don't, we are not talking about that too, though, right? Now. We ain't going to do it talking today. About friends don't worry. Coal. We ain't going to do it today. But we're going to do it too. <laughs> and I'm okay with doing it soon. <laughs> Just not today. <laughs> um, that shit. That's just Aggie. But yeah, so that's what I do. So, uh, well, that's where I work. My specific job is to bring those groups, to bring people to my job. So, um, I spend a lot of my time, like 90% of my time is networking. Um, writing emails, corresponding with people, other groups, like um, that just trying to figure out 
what they need to do to solve the problems that they're instituting. And I'm like, well, I can't help you solve the problems, but I can bring you to a place to help you start, you know, and give you a place to sit down and gather your thoughts. So that's what my job is. We, um, I have the capability or we have the capacity to hold about 50 people mm-hmm. on site and that's lodging and three meals a day and like if you need training we also have a whole team we have an education team that is dedicated to facilitating trainings whether it's around racial justice or injustice land justice um environmental justice um we do a lot of economics and governance work um any movement honestly that there is like we're a part of like the movement for black lives you're a part of basically any kind of movement um and so it's not just civil rights as far as like black Mm -hmm. civil rights it's everybody right because you said it's everybody's rights it's all rights we do a lot of lgbtq work right now but um our main priorities right now in this current moment i'm talking about today december 27th are is um the immigration and um, migrant work that's going on down at the border, and then getting um, Centoya free, getting Centoya Brown free, like that is like our number one. Like I can't believe like she was a child, but she's being charged as an adult, and especially King. Isn't that what everybody quote unquote wants to fight for? Is protecting you know women who's been a- affected by sex trafficking? I I don't get it. Well, not women of color. They're not. That that fight isn't for women of color. <laughs> if there's ever any fight, it's not women. People of color are not included in those fights. That's why um, Centoya is in the state that she's in right now. Right. She was 16. She was actually, um, she was younger than that when she first got sold into sex slavery. She was like damn, like kind of like a baby, like barely a teenager. And then when she was sold to this man when she was 16. She feared that her life was in danger because she she's been beaten like the whole time she's been a slave, not just beaten, but you know, she's been raped. There's no way that there's a 13-year-old consenting to sex. No. You know, even no. if they say yes, I want to have sex, they are 13. They can't consent. I don't care. That's not consensual at all. Exactly. So, um, but she she said that she was in fear for her life. Like um he was trying to engage her in sex and he had reached down on the side of the bed where she knew that his gun was. So she got to it before him. She got to a gun before he did and she killed him because her she felt like her life was in danger. And my thing is they are giving this girl a life sentence basically. Life with no chance, no possibility of parole. And our governor the I'm not even going to disparage him, but Bill Haslam is leaving office, and our campaign right now for Bill Haslam is to um, grant clemency to Santoya. Um, he has so far in the last two weeks already granted clemency to 11 people, and Santoya's name has not been on that list. So right now, my fight, my campaign, everything is like I call the um, governor's office every weekday um and then we write letters we've been doing this whole letter writing campaign for a while continue brandy not to cut you off can you please provide the phone number for us yep give me one second let me pull it up hopefully this doesn't cut out (laughs) i told you my phone is trash when it comes to 
trying to multitask. I mean, like, man, if people can just look up that story and know what happened to this girl, and it, it's just not just why she's in there. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I can't see a way that they can make her the... How they can make her like the antagonizer or the one that did the wrongdoing. Why is she more responsible? Why is she the sole responsible party here in this situation when it was a self-preservation thing? I get like people, like you take somebody's life, you have to answer for that. But this, she has been in jail since she was 16 years old and Centoya is like 29 now. Um, So I think that like, if anything, they should give her at least time served. Like grant this woman clemency. Um, but I have that number whenever you're ready. Okay, we ready for it. That number uh, is, so it's for Governor Bill Haslam and it's area code 615-741-2001. And then there is also a website which is um, sponsored not only by my job, Highlander Research and Education Center, but is also sponsored by Black Lives Matter Nashville, the Me Too Movement, and Color of Change. Um, if you go to bit.ly, so B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash B-L-M-N 1217, that is all about the actions that we are taking for Centoya. So there's like 10 days of actions that are happening um, in support of Centoya. So, like, go there, check it out. I'll send you the link so you can post it on this episode as well for anybody who wants to plug in. Yes. And can you repeat that phone number one more time for the people, just in case they didn't hear it? <laughs> Where that number is area code 615-741-2001. Thank you. And I just want to applaud you for everything, not just this case, but everything that you do. And I watch you and just see like what you do in all communities. And I'm like, wow, you can tell like you touch people in a way that they feel comfortable enough to trust you. And they love being like all your friends that I see, like in your videos and everything like that. You can tell like they genuinely love you to death and want you to be around. Um, I keep hearing that more and more and the only thing that I can say is that like I, I get the energy that I get and like you were saying the other day like I really am a very genuine open honest like I'm hella transparent like um, I don't like to lie because I feel like when you lie about something you gotta tell a lie to keep that lie going or whatever and I also feel like um, like being truthful more so for myself um, there's there's something about being very integral to yourself by being like truthful and honest in everything that you do it, it just makes you walk different <laughs> like honestly you, you, you move differently when you when you hold yourself to a standard of like look I ain't about to be on this bullshit and I'm going to treat everybody with dignity and integrity especially myself I'm going to greet everybody with love and joy right. um, and then also hold people accountable but that's the thing like I'm not just all like smiles and hugs and shit like I also hold motherfuckers accountable and there's plenty of people in this world that hate me for that <laughs> correct <laughs> I'm not mad you have to do you you have to be you 
you can't live your life trying to please anybody else. Sometimes you just got to give them the real and the raw. No Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you are in the battle rap, but there's like this guy. He's not even like a really good battle rapper, but he has this tagline. His name is Arsenal, and they call him Arse for sure. What that familiar? Yeah, well, I mean, he has a good song um, called Mary Keisha Molly. <laughs> and it's just about white girls. It's dope. But his tagline is, my shit is real. My shit is raw. My shit is authentic. You can't spell bars without putting that arse in it. Like, and while that is kind of corny, I like it. I like it. No, like, I, I didn't like... think that was corny at all. Say that one more time for the people just in case they didn't hear <laughs> My shit is real, my shit is raw, my shit is authentic, and you can't spell bars without putting that arse in it. Ooh. Hey, I need like a fire, like a like soundboard or something like that. I told you, you gotta get a soundboard, my nigga. <laughs> but, um, so, a little um, background information about this episode. Me and Brandy recorded, like, a whole bunch of content, but it's all spliced and diced, and I couldn't even use it. I might try to plug it in here, you know, some of the stuff that we were talking about. And we did this whole, you know, naughty or nice list on Christmas, and it was dope, wasn't it? I th- yep. I think that if you plug anything in, it should just be that. Right. Right. It was, it was so, like, I mean, who we have on the list? Like, we put Michelle Obama on the nice list because she's been killing it. Did you know um, someone did a poll and I forgot to, you know, I'm not, I'm just not used to the whole podcast thing so I forgot to cite my references but Michelle Obama is the most um, inspirational woman of 2018? Yeah, she topped um, Hillary Hillary Clinton. Yes. Yeah, it was the was it the time poll? Was it on time? It was time. Yeah, I forgot what it is, but it's just that, you know, when you think... Oh, Gallup. It was Gallup. Gallup, Gallup. There you go. Thank you, thank you. See, that's why I got to do the podcast with two people, because I need somebody on top of their stuff. <laughs> but Gallup, yes. And, you know, the thing is, like, people, like, take politics out of it and just look at the person and be like, you did that shit. Like, you deserve this. Like, I look up to you. She's selling out arenas like Jay-Z and Beyonce. Like, come on now. You gotta give her a Did you see how much that lady's tickets were growing for, though? I mean... I'm, I'm for giving your money. You know, get that bag, you know, all that good stuff. But, however, Michelle, who the hell are you selling these tickets to? The prince, like, I'm, like, so confused, like, how many loans you want me to take out just to go see you talk about your book? Four hours. I already got six payday loans out right now. I can't afford another one. I mean. Man. I'm right there with you. I'm all like, I'll just watch the shit on YouTube. That's how I feel. But she came through with them boots, though. The boot. I don't know. Come through with them boots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, while we're talking about that, I do want to say, because you don't apologize in public, it's not real. So I want to say apologies to Brandy, because I was trying to be 
funny, but I really didn't mean it in a genuine way. And I said, I'm through wig. But it looked nice. Her hair, I should have just said, I like your hair. And I shouldn't have said wig, weave, whatever. Because that's disrespectful to women, uh, especially a black woman. So I just want to publicly apologize. But come through, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't shit. That was funny, though. I wasn't mad. Mm-hmm. I just was like, oh, shit, he really hit me with the contour wig. Okay, so he think I'm a housewife. Okay, <laughs> I get it. But you know what? I was just thinking about, we need to put that shit on a shirt. Come through, wig. And it's like a, nah. wig, like a Beyonce wig or something like that. A lady with like a bomb ass lace front on it, and it's like come through wig. I'm telling you, we can make some money on this shit. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> Me and you gonna fight. <laughs> that is not how we about to generate this income. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to make a way, you know. I know. Yeah, but nah, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so how was your Christmas? Yo, my Christmas was so amazing. Um, I spent it up here in Cincinnati, like in full, complete transparency. Like my family, I have a sister here. Like that. Um. So. Yeah, I remember you told me about your sister. The relationship ain't too great. The whole time, and her family. So I'm actually at my like my cousin. I call him my cousin's house, but he's more like my god brother. Him and his wife. They just bought a house. It's a beautiful little trial level. But me and my kids been up here eating up all like food and shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the pictures, but it's like a hella diverse family. Like, yeah, it's diverse. <laughs> like I was like, they got everybody in that family. I was like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> it was like black, white, Asian, um, a yeah, little bit of everything. So it's it's I like crazy it. I like when it. you get us all together. Like the post that I put, like cousins, we're all like within 10 years of each other. But everybody is in like different stages of their life. And that's what I love the most. Like just being able to see that. So like we have our youngest cousin, Erica, um, she lab tech, like she has her own laboratory in LA. She graduated like two years ago from Southern California University or whatever with a degree in lab, whatever the fuck. So Okay, or let me put it like this. Instead of going through everybody's accolades, there are probably four or five six-figure people in that damn photo. I'm not one of them bitches. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so dope just to see, like, we all grew up together here in Cincinnati and, you know, motherfuckers just thriving. And you know what? I'm not a hater at all. When I see other people doing good, I'm like, shit, I want that to be me. It inspires me, you know? Yeah. You never hear me, like, hate on somebody like, oh, they doing that, they did. No. Like, if you get the opportunity to tell somebody, like, damn, you doing the damn thing. And, like, you look at them, try to not copy what they do, but kind of emulate them in a way. Um, try. It makes you step your game up. Step your game up. Step your game up. Yep. 
it, it should inspire you. It should encourage you and motivate you to do better, to want more, you know? Um, but it's when, like, you get haters in your life that, you know, that shit change. And be like, oh, anybody that say listen, anything that you've done, and they be like, oh, I see you with your little job, or I see you with your little car. Like, that motherfucker needs to be escorted from your life immediately. Right. Condescending. Yeah, they ain't here for you. Right. And, you know, it's sad because, like, the whole social media thing, I've been doing the social media thing for a minute now, and I just feel like there's people in my personal life, believe it or not, that they are like, oh, your little Snapchat thing or your, oh, Instagram thing. Oh, you really think you're famous? Oh, you have fans? Oh, this, oh, that. And it's all like, damn, why can't you, like, be supportive and, like, happy for me? Oh, shit. There is... Can I play? I don't think I can play this while I'm on the phone with you, but I will send this shit to you. There's a podcast that I listen to. It looks like it's called Worship, but no. It is W-S-H-P or no, W-R-S-H-P. It's called We Really Shouldn't Have a Podcast. Um, (laughs) I love the title. Right? They started with this song and I forget how I, I... still didn't catch I don't forget how it went I just never caught how the very first part of the song goes but the last part goes haters who are haters are just friends who don't know how to tell you that they that they like you hey say that one more time because I felt that's true right you feel it in your spirit haters are just fans who don't know how to say that they like you damn yeah, that's so true. I mean, I just feel like if even if somebody does something I don't necessarily like or interested in, I still be like, oh, that's great for you. Like, I'll give you an example. There's this one girl. She does makeup. I don't really care about makeup. I don't wear makeup. I do need eyebrows, but I don't care about makeup. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a dude, you know. So anyway, yeah. not saying that dudes can't be into makeup. You know, we love everybody here on the show. Right. But it's not me. But, you know, I think, like, her makeup looks a little white on her. She's not white, but she's um, uh, Mexican. And, like, yeah. her makeup looks a little white on her. And I'm all like, oh, I don't think it's supposed to be white. I think, you know, you're supposed to get, like, a little tan color. But I don't know anything about makeup. But I'm always liking the shit, saying, like, oh, good job. You know, great. You know, and stuff like that. Because I'm going to be supportive. Even if I don't, uh, I'm not interested in or I don't understand what you're doing, I'm always gonna cheer for you. I'm, I'm shit. I need pom poms and everything. I'm gonna be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest fan. Um, I, I support. I buy. You know, sometimes not everybody's stuff, but I buy sometimes. Like one of my uh, coworkers, he has an album out, and I bought it off of Google for nine ninety nine. I don't see. I'm so petty. I said the price of it. <laughs> like, it was cool, you know. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I get where you're going. You know, I support it. Now, do I think the album was fire? No, no. I don't think like it had that. I would say it's not something. It look. I, I you did your due diligence. All you had to do was support that brother, and you did. You bought that album. You ain't got like that shit. I got a best friend that I went to high school with, and this bitch thinks that she is a writer, but she don't know how to use punctuation to save her goddamn life. <laughs> then this bitch just released a book, like published on motherfucking Amazon. It what? was 99 cents. It was 99 cents. I bought it. She asked me how I liked it. She sent me that message back in September. I haven't replied because I ain't read the shit. 
I'm not gonna read it, <laughs> and I'm not gonna share it. I did my part by buying it. <laughs> right, I did my part. I did my part. That's it. But no, I I did like his music. Um, it it just um. I, what I was trying to say is like it doesn't have like the pop appeal or anything like that. Not that it was bad. It doesn't have the pop appeal, you know. It's like as far as a uh, mainstream. Yeah. But it's yeah, not a it was over album. Yeah, he has. Mm. I feel like you breaking up again. Are you on Wi-Fi? Yes, I am on Wi-Fi. Can you hear me now? Okay, I can hear you. Okay, this shit on. <laughs> I gotta keep asking that. <laughs> Yo, I don't think I think there was like a one time maybe you broke up a little bit, but other than that, like I don't think it's been that bad. Cause I've listened to some people's podcasts and I don't like to judge people, but I'll be like, damn, you should have like canceled that and and that's why I didn't release the episode that we did earlier because I was like, damn, you should really like redo that shit. Sadie J. I love Sadie J. Sadie J's fucking podcast. Um, uh, I guess it was the one that was le- released like two weeks ago or whatever. It was like one of those conversational type things or whatever. But him and whoever he was talking to, yeah, it was they both them, kept right? that now. Huh? It was three of them, right? No, it was just two. Oh, two? Okay. Yeah, it was just two. Um, yeah, this is the one they was talking about. Um, I got mad. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't get mad about much, but these niggas um, was talking about condoms and how condoms is like optional. Like you only use a condom if you like um, been with a girl like two dates or some shit like that. I didn't like that part. I did not like that part because I'm all like, no, you use condoms all the time. Nigga, nigga. That shit, oh, that shit just rubbed me all wrong. I'm like, you ever like change your perspective about a person? Like, I was thinking differently about that nigga afterwards. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, my thing is like, I've always, um, and damn, how we moved to sex, but anyway, um, I've always been the person to be all like, okay, I'm a, you know, I'm a chronic masturbator, so I only have sex like once a year. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> when I have my sex once a year I always wear protection like my thing was always like okay I don't want any kids I don't want any kids that's how I made it to 30 with no kids because I believed in condoms now has a condom ever broke or anything like that yes however you know that's a risk that you take however I'm always trying to be cautious right and diseases I was gonna say you ain't even mentioned diseases. I'm like, fuck a baby. I don't want AIDS. You know, I, I, I love a baby. I don't see myself loving AIDS. You know, <laughs> exactly. And my thing is like, you know, my dad told me when I was little, and I think this is why I always talk, talk about protection because if we don't have protection, I'm not having sex. You know, I'll just jack off or something like that. Um, oh, uh, shout out to all the Christians. I'm sorry about this part, but uh, but anyway. <laughs> I'm like, okay, he told me, he's like, hey, you need to make sure that you wrap it up because if you don't, if you get, if you catch something, they stick a metal Q-tip in your pee hole to swab it. And I don't know if, 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 if it's the same for women. I heard it is. As when you in the bathtub and you get soap in your pee hole and, and pee, 
that burning sensation that you get, he said it's like that, but 10 times worse. Yeah, bro, I don't think you understand how vaginas work, but <laughs> like that don't really happen to us. I don't think that I've ever recalled getting anything in my pee hole, like ever. Um, in my vagina, yes, often. That happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but my pee hole, no. That that burning that burning sensation will scare the shit out of you. Like what were you I was using, like, Doctor Browners, peppermint shit. What do you mean? I said, what soap was you using? Like some Doctor Browners? No, like, like peppermint. If you get soap in your um, for us, if you get soap in your pee pee hole, it, it it burns like hell. It oh 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 oh. It's burning. <laughs> you just relieved. You just had a moment. You I had a moment. That shit. I had a moment. Damn. That's yeah, why I pee in the bathtub. Like I'll pee in the shower. You know that's fine. But I won't pee in the bath. Well, you shouldn't pee in the bathtub because you like sitting in the pits. <laughs> it's like a pee suit. Ew. Damn it! This is this episode is never going to get approved by Apple. I'm still waiting for my approval from Apple so I can upload my uh my show on there. Don't you have to have three shows or something? Don't you only need three episodes to upload the Apple or something? Oh, really? Well, yeah. what is that? Um, the Anchor app, which is great, um, it does it. It does all that for you. And so what happens is that they get approval from like Google, Spotify, uh, a few other ones. But they say Apple takes longer, and especially during the holidays, um, because they have a Apple has special process that they do so it's through the anchor app however they have a special process that they do and stuff like that so got it but maybe it is maybe i do need three episodes hey we'll find out soon enough right (laughs) exactly oh and just to be fair i'm gonna have seti on the show to defend himself because we done basically trashed his theory about (laughs) So having sex two times and then no condoms after that. And so I he has 